You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mino Lion Media presents Business First. Hi, all, and welcome to a new episode of Business First with Sonia Aline. I am your host. And today we are going to talk about etiquette. Um, It's not a term that's actually been used a lot today, um, but when you consider what etiquette is, it's it's polite and public behavior. Um, We have had a lot of discussions around it. And so um, two of the most recent things I can remember that have been in the news was athlete Shikari Richardson, the phenom who um, captured our hearts just a couple of months ago, but was denied competition in the Olympics because uh, she had tested positive for marijuana. So recently she just entered a new race and there was a lot of discussion about how she finished in the race, she finished last. And so there was a lot of discussion around how she showed up and how she presented herself and whether it was appropriate or not. You also might remember Monique making a position about women wearing head bonnets out in at the, you know, when they're traveling in airports. And, and again, there was a lot of discussion on both sides, passionate discussions on, on both sides. And so um, the, our guest who we have today is an expert in the space of, of etiquette. And, and for us to have a real discussion about what this means and how it can affect your brand and how it can promote you in, in business and why it's important. And so we're in this space now where everybody really wants to have free expression. And we're not saying that that's a bad thing, but we do want to look at it today in terms of how it impacts business and how it could impact how people are looking at you. So without further ado, I'd like to (laughs) welcome Cheryl Walker Robinson to the mic. Um, She is the head and the creator of Protocol International. And so welcome, Cheryl, how are you? I am delighted to be in this space with you, Sonia. Congratulations on this amazing show and thank you. I'm so grateful to be here. Yeah, well, I'm grateful to have you here. Cheryl and I have a long um, business and associate relationship and we've met in a lot of different spaces. And so I'm excited to have you here um, so that we can unpack this subject so that people can get a sense of your business. Um, You've also written a book. And so, but I'd like us to start with, you know, what is Protocol International so that that our our listeners will have a context for for this conversation? Yeah. So, you know, that's so interesting that you brought up the latest issues, if you will, around etiquette in the news. And the thing about that is etiquette and protocol shows up all the time and every single day in every single way. I was in LA recently and a bunch of us got on an elevator and it was three family members. And then there was another family that was trying to get on the elevator with us at the same time. And right now I'm in Florida where, you know, COVID is like outrageous. It's like rabbit here, but LA wasn't that far from that. And so we're all with our masks on there. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago where they were saying only four people could get on an elevator at one time. So 
three of the people on the elevator were our family. So these other three people wanted to get on the elevator too. We'd waited for a while. So we were all sort of awkwardly trying to tell them, no, you can't get on the elevator with us because we don't want to catch COVID. You don't have on a mask, by the way. We all have on a mask. And so that's another situation that you have to call on protocol. You know, how do you tell a family that they can't go on the elevator with you and they, they, they don't have on a mask? How do you ask someone? Are you vaccinated? You know, because you want to understand if they should be in your space at all or if they should come into your home at all. You know, so how you step on an elevator, how you step on an escalator, how you enter someone's house, you know, all of these things, they're all protocol. They're all etiquette. And so what we do at Protocol International is help people to understand how to be in these situations and how to show up in an amazing way and in a compassionate, empathetic way understanding the rules of engagement for business, particularly. Now, there's social rules associated with these things as well, but it's incredibly critical when we're talking about business. You know, how do you entertain a client over a meal? That's really important, but how do you entertain a client over a meal during a pandemic? Doesn't that have a whole nother level of, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to handle this? How do I answer questions? How do I take care of myself? How do I care for my client? And so you need a protocol expert when it comes to understanding these nuances and these dynamics. What do I say? What do I do? How do I handle it? Do you find resistance culturally to this idea that we don't need to be told how to operate or we don't need to, this, this, this whole idea of being authentic, that we can just kind of show up however we want to show up. And so do you, do you find there's a lot of resistance culturally? And when you actually have your clients and are working with clients, do you find that there's resistance to some of the things that you might be sharing with them around what might be quote unquote good protocol? Oh, yes. It's my favorite thing to happen in a room when I'm doing training, because often people don't understand that it is important that people get it, that we care about how they feel, about how they see us, about their understanding uh, who we are. And very quickly, because, you know, this is about first impressions and it's also about confidence and it's also about trust. So let's talk about trust. This is about, do I trust that you understand how to operate and how to conduct yourself when you're dealing with me? And do we operate by the same rules? And if I see immediately that you operate by the same rules of engagement, then there's an automatic sense of trust that we are coming from the same place and we understand the same rules of engagement about how to be. So now I can skip a few steps. I don't have to take you through certain tests. I don't have to come to some understanding about how you are to behave in certain certain situations because we are on the same page about how we're going to show up. So if I'm a client and I understand that you're going to dress a certain way under certain circumstances, then I probably can take for granted that you're going to show up correctly in other situations. And that's why something as what people think is simple as dining you know, it really helps me to understand that you know the rules of engagement on how to be in a business situation. For example, if you are at a client meal 
and the waiter comes over and talks to you about what's on the menu and you never look up at the waiter, you never say thank you, you never give the waiter eye contact, you treat them like a second class citizen. Well, you're telling whoever is at the table with you more about yourself than you could possibly realize because you're saying, this is how I am with people. This is how I am with people who I may not feel like are on the same level with me. It's not just how you're treating the waiter. It's probably how you treat other people in other circumstances. At least that is the message that you're giving. And so that's why it's so important to understand these nuances around what's protocol and what's etiquette, even when we're talking about dining. So that's the thing about trust. The thing about confidence, when you understand what the rules of engagement are, it gives you such an amazing sense of confidence. You know what the expectation is. You know what they need to see and hear and understand about who you are, what your value proposition is. And once you're clear about that, then you just, you can really pay more attention to the relationship than you need to about how you're looking and what you're saying and how you're standing and all of these things, because you really have that down path already. And so that's why having an understanding of what protocol and etiquette is, it gives you such a great sense of confidence and, and that helps you to really win. Yeah, I love that you talk about trust and confidence because I don't think people think about that, that you're always being judged every time you show yeah. up. And particularly when you're, you know, you're getting to know someone in a, in a business meeting, whether it's someone that you're going to be hiring, someone who's going to be hiring you or someone that you're going to enter into an agreement with, the, the trust factor is, is really the, the thing that will seal the, seal the deal. In, in a lot of right. ways. And so people really don't understand that. And the confidence piece is also really important. I, you know, had interviewed a lot of people who were very sharp, had done really well, had gone to really good schools, but because of maybe they weren't exposed to a lot of things, really felt uncomfortable in certain social situations that could have helped advance their careers. Or I, I was told of, you know, one gentleman talked about a, a sad circumstances where he knew his partners knew that he didn't understand certain things. So when they went out to eat, his partner would say, why don't you choose the wine? Right. Or he would ask him in with in front of clients, you know, who's your favorite artist or, or you know, what do you think about this painting? And it was really it was a competitive thing going on to try and make this person look bad in front of people. It's a, it's a whole nother thing, but I, I think to your point in terms of, you know, when you understand the rules of engagement, it does boost your confidence. And it's important for people, what you're saying is it's important for people to take the time out to figure out what these rules are so that they can engage at yeah. the level that they can feel comfortable. You know, Sonia, they don't teach you this in B-school, you know. No. And this isn't something that you learn necessarily in high school. You know, so you do have to seek out the professional development aspect of this. And honestly, I got into this business because I felt like I had some lack in this area myself. And mm -hmm. so there were rooms I was walking into in my young career where I felt like there's something everybody else in here knows that I don't. 
And I feel like I'm shortchanged somehow because there's some understanding everybody else has that I didn't get somewhere. And it wasn't my education and it wasn't necessarily my exposure. It was this. And then once I got a little whiff of it, uh, and thanks to Pan American Airlines and my my uh, short stint working with them as a flight attendant and ultimately as a first flight attendant, the training that Pan American Airlines gave me and then the exposure experience that I got uh, traveling internationally and using the skills that Pan Am gave me. That's when I really realized, wow, this is the secret sauce. And then when I got uh, when I left Pan Am, I was just I had to know more. I had this. So I bought every book I could get my hands on. I took every class and I ultimately became certified. Who knew you could get certified in something like protocol and etiquette? I <laughs> did. <I> did. <laughs> and once I went through the training program and I really understood the nuances, I couldn't wait to share it with the world because I know that this is the thing that they're sometimes holding against us and holding over our head, but nobody's telling us about it. So I wanted to be that that person to share this secret, this unwritten rules with everyone that everyone holds against you, but never tells you about it. Like your friend you described talking about these things when you already know somebody doesn't know it. That's enough to make you just fade to and go to the corner and just not say anything for fear of not being in the place that, that you're comfortable in. Once you are in a place that you're comfortable in, you're free to be more yourself. You're free to be more genuine. It's not saying that you're less than when you have this as a skill. It means you can be more of yourself. And so that's that's the thing that I say in contradiction to people who tell me, you're trying to make me something I'm not. No, I'm trying to make you more of what you are. And so and so that's some of the feedback you get. You're trying to mold me into something that um, that I'm not. And so how do you actually get over that with with, and you're saying that's what clients will, will sometimes say. How do you get yeah, over that I, with some? It depends on the generation. So, Sonia, you know that, you know, these days, you know, when we were in the office, that is, uh, so, oh, so long ago, <laughs> we were with four generations in one office space. Yeah. So just imagine that you're in a kitchen. Just imagine your own family, Sonia. You're in the kitchen trying to cook a major meal. Thanksgiving. And your daughter is in the kitchen, you're in the kitchen, your mother's in the kitchen, and your grandmother, all four generations in the kitchen trying to make a meal for Thanksgiving. Now, we all have our own ideas about how we prepare this meal. Like somebody saying, that's too much cheese in the macaroni because, you know, we're trying to watch our diet. And then somebody else is saying, you know, I don't do dairy. <laughs> somebody else is saying, you've been eating dairy all your life. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know? So it's this thing because of these multi-generations about what, what the expectation of how we're to be. So that's already a dynamic. Um, in addition to, you know, well, what, what, what do we say about tattoos? You know, it depends. You know, what, what do we say about nose rings? You know, it depends. You know, is it is it good protocol? Is it bad protocol? Is it etiquette? So it really means that companies, entrepreneurs, uh, presidents, we have to say, you know, what is the protocol of our situation? And we have to be clear so that the people who we're associated with have a clear definition of what the protocol here is so that we don't have these kind of conversations in the locker room 
or in the cafeteria or over the water cooler. And that's why protocol is so important. Here are our rules. Now, if you choose you want to break them, you know, that's your prerogative. But you also have to understand there are consequences when you don't follow the rules. And that's what happened to Shikari Richardson. So these are the rules. You can follow them and be safe, or you can decide that you want to break them, but you have to understand what the rules are and you have to be careful because if you break the rules, here are the consequences. I do believe Shikari's situation may eventually change those rules, but it didn't change the fact that she did not compete in the Olympics this year. So there are a couple of things I, I want to say about that because you also have um, an athletic division. And so- yes. um, that I would imagine is 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 important in our society because athletes are so much a part of our culture and they influence so much and everything they say and do like even in this last race with um, Shikari you know the focus was on her it wasn't on the winner it was on it was on the fact that she lost it was because she was such a big yes. um, a big personality in you know in in this race and so reputation and branding. Is, is really important for athletes. And so it, it goes beyond just them performing, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when we think about a person's brand, and that's the it name, you know, that's the sexy uh, word that we associate with what used to be called our reputation, right. <laughs> our image. And that is reflective of anybody, not just athletes, but also corporate titans. And uh, particularly, you know, entrepreneurs, you're trying to grow your business. You're trying to show up in a way that attracts clients. You know, it's important how people see you. You, We can all say, I don't care what people think about me. I am what I am. Well, that's not true. It's not even a human nature. We all care about what people think and feel about us because it is reflective of what we attract. And if you're an entrepreneur, you're trying to attract business. So what does that take? And I would pose a question, and I do this often in my training courses, you know, what are the three adjectives that people use to describe you? And, you know, hey, ask people, what three adjectives would you use? And don't don't say anything more. Don't don't posture it. Don't push them in one way or the other. Just ask people, what are three adjectives you would use to describe me? I was in this session. I met Cheryl Walker Robertson from Protocol International on Sonia's show, you know, and, and, and she said, you know, what are the three adjectives you would use? And just see, what would people say? And does it match up with the three adjectives you want people to use? Yeah. And if there's a gap there, then there's work to be done. So if you want your adjectives to be poised, polished, professional, and that's what I live up to, that's what I aspire to. I'm a protocol and etiquette expert. Those are my adjectives. And so I never have to worry about what I'm wearing. I don't worry about how to wear my hair. I don't worry about the words I choose because those are my adjectives. So I never have to consider. I always want to be in that area of poised, polished, and professional. And so if everybody understood what those three adjectives were for them, I think it would answer a lot of questions when it came to what is my brand. As we develop our brands, and of course, we evolve over time, but- if you're very clear and very focused about who you are, what you want uh, your brand, your reputation, your image to be, it makes makes it all a lot easier. Right. It, it's interesting because I've always said to um, 
mentees that, you know, you have a brand, whether you know it or not, whether you <laughs> like it or not. So, um, and, and so it's so true. So you might be thinking one thing in your head, but if, it, whatever, if everybody else is thinking something differently, then you're going to have problems advancing or you're going to have problems in business. And so it is, but it doesn't mean like to your point earlier that you have to sell out or, or, or be something else that's not authentic to who you are. No. In fact, when you are trying to be this for this crowd and that for that crowd, you know, when I'm at work on this and when I'm at my homeboys on that, you know, that that does come off as inauthentic and people pick up on that right away. They may not know what that thing is that rubs them wrong about you, but it could possibly be that you're not being your authentic self. So at Protocol International, we're saying be your best authentic self. Understand the rules of the game so that you can shape in a powerful way what your authentic self is. We're not trying to change you. We're just trying to make sure that you understand all of the nuances associated with what's expected of you and, and what you can be. So that's our approach. All right. We're also now in a global, we've been this way for a long time. We're now in a global society. And so yes. um, small businesses that are trying to expand and, and, and increase their customer base. Um, what are you seeing in terms of the, the different needs or expectations for folks in terms of being able to operate um, internationally, being able to communicate with China or India or different countries throughout Africa um, and or the Caribbean? Like what are, what are you seeing that, that people are either missing that they need or that they should consider? Well, you know, we're going through a really hard time. And, and it's not hard in just one area. It, it's hard for our businesses. It's hard for us emotionally, spiritually. We're tested. And, you know, but on the other hand, what a fantastic opportunity this is for us to grow our businesses without traveling to China, without traveling to Africa, to the continent, without traveling to London, because we're doing everything on Zoom or whatever format you, you've chosen. And so we need to be taking advantage of it. We need to be reaching out to more people. We need to find a way to network in a more powerful way using this platform of video conferencing. And I think the missed opportunity is that people don't understand how to show up in this platform. You know, we're, we're rolling over, you know, we're not putting on our makeup, we're not getting dressed. We're not putting our best selves forward and we don't have an understanding of what that is. Uh, our backdrops don't, don't live up to what we want our three adjectives to be. And, and I think that it's a missed opportunity. And so if you may need some protocol training around how to show up on, on video conferencing. And it's, it would be money well spent. And also how to network. Even though we're not out and about, we're not going to conferences the way we were. We're not going out to dinner in groups of people. We still have to network. We still have to build relationships. We still have to do business development. And so we have to find ways to do that, even though we can't be in crowds of people the way we have been. So this is a really great opportunity, I think, 
especially for those of us who are, who are doing business internationally. Right. And so what you're saying is that every opportunity is an opportunity and not to be lazy with the virtual <laughs> presence. Um, and, you know, I remember a lot of that, like you said, people kind of rolling out of bed and, and, and just not really being present for really important engagements on online. So I'm, I'm glad you've mentioned that because we will be doing business. I mean, even when the world fully opens up again, like we will be doing yeah. a lot more business virtually. And so we're going to have to use, understand how to maximize these platforms. Yeah. And we have to take this time to really master that and build our reputation, our images and our brands and not ruin it. I mean, how many of us have not used this time in the best way? And how many of us have detracted from how we show up. You know, Protocol International is all about how you show up in every way. How do you show up when you're entertaining a client? How do you show up at business meetings? How do you show up when you're traveling internationally? And so now, how are you showing up on video conference calls? And so take the time to understand you know, how to really do this in a fantastic way so that you're not ruining your reputation, your brand and your image, but you're building on it. And you're using this time to really show people that, you know, I'm adaptable, I'm flexible, and I've learned a new tool, a new trick, and I'm even better for it. Is this a lot of what you <laughs> teach for in your athletic division as well? Or are there, because of the nature of the business, that, that there are different aspects that you for your for your coaching. Yes, yeah, so I'm really proud of our newest division, our elite athlete division. My husband, Dennis Robertson, retired from a th- almost 30-year banking career to run the elite athlete division. So not only does he do the things I do for uh, entrepreneurs and for corporates and for internationals, he does those very same things for elite athletes, whether they're in high school or whether they're in college or whether they're professional athletes. And so his, his clients include coaches, uh, trainers, in, in addition to actual athletes. Our number one client is Kawhi Leonard, who we couldn't be more proud of, the man that he is uh, on court and off. So we talk a lot about all the coaching that they get on court. Well, they need coaching off court as well in terms of their business and how they show up and how they manage of all their finances and their brands and their reputation and their businesses. And so, you know, the elite athlete division is very unique, especially when you think about the images and likeness, you know, that's the new thing in sports now. And so how young athletes understand (laughs) their brand, their reputation is, is not just marketable, but now they can make money off of it. So what does that mean? And now you have to really understand uh, how to show up and how important that is in a new way. So we're really excited about the elite athlete division, as well our corporate division, our international division, our college and universities division. We are, we ex- we are excited at all the work that we do, and we just love uh, the results that our clients get from their interaction with us. Uh, I love that you are working with students as young as in high school. That's yes. the earlier, the better, right? For them to understand because they're already on, you know, a lot of them are already on social media. So they're already, again, whether they know it or not, they're already developing 
their brand. So tell us a little bit more about the book, Rules of Engagement, How to Win at Dining with Clients and Other Important People. <laughs> and everybody is important, Sonia. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a book. We are a number one bestseller, I'm proud to say. And it's a really fun book. It's a quick read, but it's the book you would read if you know you have to take somebody important out to dinner. And like we said, everybody's important. And it's important whether you're going to be the host or if you're going to be the guest. And it talks about everything in a real granular way. So everything from how you send the invitation out, how you accept an invitation, how to make an RSVP, when you should do that, how to enter a restaurant, you know, what seat you should choose, which seat you should leave for the host, how to order, what not to order, how to excuse yourself from the table, uh, you know, which utensils are yours and, and all, all kinds of, you know, how to make a toast. You know, that's one of those lost arts that really show up so well. If you dine in a really wonderful way that uh, demonstrates your protocol and your etiquette, not only will people want to eat with you again, but they'll be engaged by you in a really fantastic way. And it's a great way for you to develop business and great relationships. So that's why it's a number one bestseller, because whoever taught you how to eat or how to entertain someone over a meal, like, where did you really learn that? <laughs> That's, that, that sounds engaging. And so much business is done over meals. And so, you know, I can attest that it is really important to understand, again, the rules of engagement. I was just about to tell you about one of my favorite clients, and he has this great law firm in Newark. And he uh, engaged my company to teach all of the employees in his law firm. And he had a separate program just for his partners. And this contract came about and it was uh, one that the biggest law firms in New Jersey had to do business with minority law firms. And so this big law firm was doing all these interviews and he was interviewing all of the law firms, the minority law firms over a meal. And so he invited my client to dinner and they had a lovely time. They talked so little about business. But they talked about everything from golf to what school he went to, you know, what his hobbies were. He was a great conversationalist, but he certainly knew, you know, which side of the table setting his fork was. He knew how to order. He knew how to make a toast. He knew when to use the salt, when not to use the pepper. He treated the waiter with such respect. And at the end of the meal, the client said to him, you know what? I just want to ask you one question. I hope I'm not insulting you, but how did you learn to eat like that? <laughs> really? He got the contract. He got the contract and I got a big tip in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I know it can be. Um, yeah, I guess that would be a little insulting that. um I guess he was surprised to see that this person yes. knew so much about a table etiquette. And I, and I know it can be overwhelming when you go to, you know, particular restaurants where there are multiple utensils and there are a lot, you know, multiple glasses. It can be a little um, intimidating, but I'm glad that he was able to show up and yes. even surprise yes. this, yes. This, the contractor. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. That's, that's, that's interesting. So you've worked with a wide range of, of folks. In, in a wide range of circumstances. Or, I have. Um, I, there's no one that doesn't need this, whether 
you're an attorney or a doctor or a student or athlete or an entertainer, who doesn't need to understand the power of interpersonal skills and how to make someone feel good when they're around you? Who doesn't need that? We all do. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for coming through and sharing your expertise. I would love to have you back because there's so much to unpack. We could really just distill many parts of your organization and do an entire show on one or two things. Just dining alone, we could do an entire show on how to sure so could, so to you. All you have to do is say when point. and I'm there. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for taking time out of your vacation. Enjoy your time away. And yeah, we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you, Sonia. And you keep up the good work. I'm grateful for what you're doing for everybody, particularly we entrepreneurs. We appreciate you. Oh, thank you. The Business First Podcast is hosted and produced by Sonia Aline. Associate producer, Ariel Mancibo. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Business First Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And on social at business underscore first underscore podcast on IG. The Business First Podcast is a mean old line media production. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.